Hello and welcome to the VIP pod. I'm Emma, one of your hosts. In this series, we meet a range of people who are visually impaired. We're hoping to raise awareness of people who've got many different sight conditions, all whilst having a great conversation and having a bit of a laugh too. Hi there, this is Rupert from the VIP pod team. Just to let you know, as with all our interviews in this series, it was recorded online remotely, so the sound quality may vary. Hello and welcome to the VIP pod. My name's Emma Martins. And my name's Michael Weddingham. Who are we talking to today, Emma? Today we're talking to Abdul Latif, who is actually a friend of Warren's. So Warren joins our conversation, so it is a a lively back and forth between... uh, Warren and Abdul, and uh, with us trying to get a word in edgeways. <laughs> they they had some great times in Cambridge, didn't they? But he's he actually did win um, Arab Scott Talent. Yeah, and such such an overachiever, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> he was um yeah incredible what he he'd done in his life. Um, he tells us about his uh, life in London and Cambridge and. Uh, they go into a lot of detail about playing goalball. It was a really interesting podcast, so I, I hope you enjoy. Yeah, let's take a listen. Who, who, are, we, who are we chatting to today, Warren? Yeah, yeah. so uh, my friend is Abdul, uh, full name Abdul Latif <laughs> Ghazi, Abdul Latif Al-Dafiri. Um, I hope I got that right, Abdul. Uh, yes. I've been practising. Great pronunciation. Yeah. <laughs> great pronunciation yeah, no. you always laugh at my pronunciation I think I, I bet you're holding back for laughter but yeah no I yeah I met Abdul uh, for the first time in what was it, about 2015 I think and at the time I was working for the local charity for uh, blind and partially sighted people in Cambridge called Campsite and I saw him in the office there uh, with his father and I was gonna say Abdul what can what what, what are your memories of com- coming to England and that day and all, all of those sorts of things first of all hello Emma hello Warren uh, <laughs> I mean being in the UK with you know not having that much English it's something very challenging I mean uh, especially for a person who are coming from Kuwait it's very far country I mean and before being in the UK I've never used the uh, white cane so I came to completely different uh, culture aiming to to learn new skills new language trying to be independent as much as I can Uh, when I came to uh, Cambridge I was searching for blind community blind society Mm -hmm. and uh, we found campsite and I wanted to reach them to in order to help me to to know how to learn uh, how to how to navigate Cambridge and in the city to learn about the system there in the UK also to know whether there is um, like sports club because uh, I was playing goalball in my country a lot I've been playing goalball for now maybe 18 years or 17 years I think you referenced goalball. I think um, getting involved in the team we have in Cambridge, I think, introduced you to a lot of other people. And I think, yeah, very interesting uh, meeting mm. other people from the, from goalball. And even yeah. I met uh, people who has introduced me to different games, such as blind football. Mm. Uh, mm. And I have started 
playing uh, playing blind football 2016, the beginning of 2016, and I I have participated in the uh, advertisement in Channel Four for the Paralympics Games 2016. Oh, cool. With the GB players. What yeah. is goalball? I don't really understand what goalball is. Oh, did you want to answer that, Abdul? <laughs> you wanna? <laughs> goalball. It's one of the most popular games uh, for blind people across the world. So three players against three players. You need to take the shot by throwing it with your hand, and you need like specific techniques in terms of taking the shots, either smooth or bouncing. And there's a couple of maybe rules uh, i would maybe let warren talk about it yeah i think that's that is the basic concept of the game the ball goes from one end of the court to the other it's played indoors each of the okay. three all the players have shades on so no one can see anything so internationally you have to be visually impaired but domestically in the uk you can play fully sighted the ball travels uh, along the floor either smooth or bouncing along the floor the goals are stretch the full width of the court so they're nine meters wide the goals so when you've got the ball as a team you're the attacking team and any one of you three can throw the ball back. But you've got 10 seconds from the first point of contact in defence to throw the ball back. So yeah, it's yeah. And, and, and within that 10 seconds, you can pass it amongst each other. You can move around your nine by six metre area. Sounds very athletic. Yeah, that's mm. it. And I, I think it, yeah, it, it, it's certainly from my point of view as well, someone who lost, lost sight uh, later than Abdul. So I was 19 when I lost my sight. It certainly improved my sort of orientation skills and things like that in terms of getting around because you need to know exactly where you are at all times on the court mm. without being able to see. So I think when you see fully sighted people play they've clearly got more control over their body and their natural movements and things like that because having more sight means that that is the case but when you put shades on them you, you see them sort of start doing like a zombie walking like hands out in front of them ah, where am i what am i doing all that sort of thing and you see someone who for instance is used to being totally blind put the shades on and there's no difference so you see that person much more comfortable and confident running around the court knowing exactly where they are at all times yeah. and all those sorts of things so yeah it, it's a it's a fantastic team sport as well in that sense that you've got to try and fool the opposition as i mentioned to you i i played a couple of intermediate tournaments and i went directly to the elite level i moved as well to greece uh, i played there a couple of tournaments i played for kuwait national team as well i have obtained the best player for a couple of tournaments i would refer to the psychologist i like what he was saying that what you believe about yourself it will be a reality so you know this is what i was doing one thing that always amazed me when you first told me this was that in Kuwait, as a child, you'd play football with fully sighted people. Yeah, I used to play with sighted people when I was totally blind. And as, as Warren mentioned, that there was no bell inside the, the ball. So I was trying hard to hear the ball as much as I can. And I was doing very, very great job. Most of the people that I was playing with, they were surprised that a blind person can play football mm. very well. How did you sort of manage to keep control of the ball? How did you not run into other people? Yes, I yeah. think um, the ball always was between my uh, my legs, uh, so they they it was really hard to take the ball from me out. I think, and I was really fast and moving as well. Uh, when you when you move, I think there's something called echolocation. I use it a lot. Um, yeah. When I used to move. When I have the ball, there's I made sound like my feet and all that thing mm -hmm. when I'm running, so I can hear the echo from the other people. 
Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of people found that as a very crazy thing, especially uh, as well in London when I was walking, uh, crossing the street and all that thing. Uh, personally, I walk past m- most of the time. This is uh, <laughs> something surprising for Warren. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't track whether there's bellers in the pavement or not, on the pavement or not. So my tracking is really, is really good. <laughs> can you actually see i was like totally blind i just see the lights and and shadows okay wow but do you think that's kind of helped you a bit more by being blind and when did you when were you blind were you blind from birth i lost my eyesight uh, when i was eight years old something i've never really spoken to you about very much is just um by all means to answer this only if you want to but something i just thought of is like at, at that age when you lost your sight like mm-hmm. um it seems like you sort of picked up the sport very quickly and just really got stuck into lots of things how did you feel like um did you just think well this is this is my life now i just gotta get on with it very important question um i mean in the beginning when i lost my eyesight it's crazy situation i used to play a playstation a lot Right. Oh yeah. And mm. I, I I lost my eyesight. Can remember even the situation when I was playing PlayStation. The sight was off during my time playing PlayStations. I was talking to my um, mom. I told her that I can't see now. I just uh, I'm seeing black. Oh my goodness. By the edge, uh, I used to see like a white or light or something like mm. that. Um, I, I can't remember very well now but yeah the, it was a crazy situation i um, i can't believe it was hard for my family as well after that we went directly to the hospital we i, I had a couple of surgeries i came to london in 2002 just to do like a surgery but it wasn't uh, successful during that time i mean there's something i can't express it really my family helped me a lot and overcome this situation mm-hmm. and i've never i've never felt that I lost something seriously maybe maybe in right. the beginning maybe in the first year that I was blaming the the doctor that he he destroyed my <laughs> eyesight <laughs> but, you know I was I was just a child and yeah um, it's a it's funny you know when I was walking into anything for example into the doors or something I was just mm. crying and swearing the the doctor because uh, I thought he was the reason of losing my eyesight I, I think I didn't take a long time to overcome it my family they were doing great job they didn't treat me differently from my siblings mm. they didn't say you know you, are, you missed something so do not move do not uh, we will bring for you everything we will bring your food no they didn't treat me like that they were always pushing me forward they were uh, relying on me sometimes to do other things for them i believe they have created a very strong uh, personality i really appreciate what they were doing for me during that time i, I believe that it was really hard time for them maybe more mm. than me more than myself they didn't do it i can't remember my mom uh, crying or my father crying maybe in front of me so this is very important thing for all the people who has like a blind children or a mm. blind child or something do not treat him differently it's very important to treat him like the other people mm. and to let him be independent and to live his life instead of guiding him 
and holding his hand all, all the time. I really want to ask you quickly, though, about your music. Before 2010, I used to play piano. But I mean, after uh, 2010, I went with my friend here in Kuwait to the music instrument shop and I bought the clarinet and I started to learn. Thankfully, I, I learned it so fast. And in 2013, I went to Turkey because I played the Turkish style. So I went there to have a course or something to uh, develop my skills. I played the clarinet since 2010 until 2016. I have participated in a plenty of uh, music concert in, uh, concerts in Kuwait. I worked with the institution. It helps the youth people in Kuwait to develop their skills. You know, they, they do great job for uh, youth mm. people and by the end of 2016 i have received a call from uh, lebanon and i said yes hello and they they said hello mm -hmm. uh, are you abdulatif ghazi i said yes <laughs> we want you to participate in arabs got talent oh. uh, uh, yeah they told me we we saw your videos on instagram on that time and yeah. uh, we 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 thought that you are uh, eligible to participate and you will do a great job. I contacted one of my friends. He's a very good guitarist. He's from Bahrain. And I went from London to Lebanon to Beirut and he went from Bahrain to Beirut. We met there. We decided what we are going to play. And we played uh, by the end of 2016. We obtained the golden buzzer and I was the, the first blind person in the Arab region and Middle East who has obtained the golden buzzer. After that, they have published episode in April 2017 and it was so popular in Arab world everyone were sending it through WhatsApp through Snapchat through Instagram through Twitter through Facebook during 2017 2018 we obtained above 100 million viewers oh wow uh, the Arab uh, community in, in London if I go to Edgeworth Road you know it's uh, yeah <laughs> we called it uh, the Arab street uh, yeah, plenty of Arab people so I can't go by myself. There are plenty of Arab people. Uh, <laughs> and you're famous. Very famous. Uh, yes. Uh, in London as well, in, in my college at Queen Mary, when I was uh, walking, I heard a couple of ladies saying, he is, he is, uh, blah, blah, blah. She came, she tapped my shoulder and she told me, I saw your uh, performance in Arabs Got Talent. You're, you're oh, doing wow. a great job. And, so you're um, internationally famous. I wouldn't say internationally, but I mean in the it Arab... It does sound like it. <laughs> uh, uh, in the Arab region, yes. I, I, I was doing the, uh, plenty of music concerts around the Middle East. I, I have to say, I was at a global tournament not so before lockdown came into place with, uh, with Abdul, and there were a few referees there. And uh, there was this uh, referee there from Morocco, and before the beginning of a game, the referees all check players' shades to make sure that they're not broken, so to make sure that players won't be able to peek through gaps in the shades and all that sort of stuff. And mm. This referee checked uh, mine and Abdul's teammates' shades, then my shades, then went to check Abdul's, and there was a long conversation. And once we all put our shades on, we were getting into our positions. I was like, Abdul, what, what, what were you talking about with the referees? Uh, you were talking in Arabic. And, um, yeah, it, it was uh, talking about... What was, what was it, Abdul? Was it wanting to get a signed copy of your album or something like that? Or... I was talking about my participation in, in Arabs Get Talent as well. Alongside all this music, you've also been 
doing an undergraduate degree in international politics at Queen Mary University. <laughs> yes. how, how, how on earth has he managed to <laughs> marry the two things? Like, be a successful musician alongside undergraduate degree and all the sport and my words. Yeah, how, how, have, you managed, uh, how have you managed your time? I was just managing my time. I think time management is very important mm. for everyone. I used to get up very early morning. Also, uh, most of my work for my university, I have done it in the planes because I was <laughs> traveling a lot. Instead yeah. of having six hours without doing anything from Kuwait to London or from London to Middle East, mm. uh, I was I was working uh, during this this six hours. I think it's easy to forget that when you start. Certainly, I remember when you started at Queen Mary University, your English has improved massively. So yeah, tra- mm. having being an international. <laughs> musician uh, all your sports you're doing whilst uh, doing this uh, undergraduate course in a foreign language <laughs> and and how yeah, old are you you 20 how old are you, you say you are <laughs> yeah. 54 <laughs> 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 i really i mean this is the tough thing that i have faced uh, during my studies even for english a speaker, a blind English speaker. It's we need more time. I mean, uh, yeah. to to access resources and to work on assignments and all that. Thing. As I mentioned to you, that I was putting more effort on uh, translating the texts, especially in the beginning. I mean, the first year we were studying. Can remember the name of the module called Thinking Politically. We were uh, having the old uh, thinker such as Marx, Marxes, Marxism, mm-hmm. yeah. and realism, plenty of like mm-hmm. old texts, and it's different, quite different English than the general English. Yeah. So I was I was just translating everything basically in Arabic and uh, read it uh, and save time and write my assignments in Arabic and translate it to English. Uh, and uh, after that, I was just trying to hear English as much as I can, because I believe language is similar to music. As, as much as you hear, as much as you talk. I was trying to hear documentaries, hear Warren Wilson as much as I can. Uh, oh, poor, poor you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, and reading as much as I can, mm. all the vocabulary that I don't know, I was translating to Arabic and writing the definitions. In the first year, I mean, I was spending plenty of times in translating. I want to really ask what happens next? I applied for a postgraduate program for a couple of universities. I want to apply for uh, top universities. Most of the top universities, they have like strict deadlines they have closed the applications for the entry of this year so i said instead of sitting without doing anything i'm going to apply for a master's program in one of the universities there in the uk i have applied for durham university and warwick as well um Mm. In terms of the music, uh, I'm now having a couple of meetings with the production uh, company. We will produce an an show on YouTube. It's similar to reality shows, so I will film my my life in London, how yes. I'm, uh, I'm how I'm walking, how how I'm managing to to live in London by myself, uh, cleaning and other things. And we want to do it in, in a comedy way. And during this show, I'm going to interview a very popular artist in Middle East as well, just to promote the show more and more as well. Oh, my goodness. We'll definitely see you soon then. You must have some Arabic quotes. I'm always telling myself that what's the point 
of being like the other people. I mean, we all unique. I need to be unique. I can't live without being ambitious, without having goals, without having aims, yeah. without having dreams. There's no impossible. If you go to my mind, you will search in my dictionary. You will not find impossible in my life at all. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. And uh, I hope uh, my English grammar was uh, okay. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode. Feel free to get in touch with the team by emailing thevippod at gmail.com.